Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's good to be with you all here in God's house once more to worship and to especially to receive from him, to be served by him through his word and sacrament here this morning. Uh, as we have been, uh, please stand and greet each other this morning and say hi and wave from where you happen to be and say hello to everyone this morning. No, they're over there. I, I, I can't see. All right, and just uh, a word of pre-service an announcement. We will be going through and um, serving. Let, let the bell ring here. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for this, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Slayton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Slayton, and the organist is Mrs. Susan Sinegar. First, and then uh, we will start with people in the balcony and then work our way from the back to the front. Uh, and that uh, seemed to work out pretty well last week, so we'll go ahead and continue that. So why don't we open our worship today with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this morning, for this beautiful Sunday morning, this Lord's Day that you have given to us. And Lord, we thank you that none of us are called here this morning, and Lord, we are called here today. Your voice bids us come. Lord, we are not here by accident or by chance, but because your voice has told us to come, because your good gospel, your good news about your death and about your resurrection has called us to be here, and for that we thank you. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal in our hearts and our minds and in our souls for your house of worship here. Truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, the first three verses of I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, number 618. Lord, call upon his name. 
spread a cloud for a covering. They asked, and he brought quail. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. For he remembered his holy promise. So he brought his people out with joy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts. Give thanks for all your benefits and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, that your soul may live, and I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the people. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, and of the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. This is the word of our Lord. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. The also reading comes from Romans chapter 9. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all. Blessed forever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. This will also serve as the sermon text for this morning. Now, when Jesus heard about the death of John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. <clears throat> And they took up twelve basketfuls full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. 
This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing the hymn of the day, Now Thank We All Our God. It's number 895. Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned just a moment ago, the text for this morning's meditation is from the gospel lesson that was just read from Matthew chapter 13. Please have that in front of you because we'll be going through it as we go along here this morning. Raise your hand if you live in Mount Vernon. Raise your hand if you've ever been to Mount Vernon. Okay? Should be most of us, right? Unless you're from out of town, in which case you've never been. But anyway... So I looked up the population of the city of Mount Vernon, and according to the 2018 census, the population of Mount Vernon is just over 4,500 people. I don't know what it is, it is now, but it's probably kind of around that same range, okay? I tell you that to sort of give you some context as to what exactly the enormity 
of what Jesus has done in our text for this morning with the feeding of the 5,000. If you go to the last verse of that text, which is verse 21, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So just, again, to kind of get an understanding of the context and the enormity of what Jesus did there, which is five loaves of bread and two fish, he fed more, many more, than even the population of Mount Vernon. That's a lot of people. That's not only a lot of people that came to see him talk and, 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 and came to be, to, be, to be healed by him specifically, but that's a lot of mouths to feed. And so hang on to that, because that's going to be important as we go along here this morning. Before we get into the actual text, I want to talk about three accounts from Scripture that's going to help us sort of, again, put some more context into what Jesus has done here with the feeding of the 5,000. Many of you, if not all of you, will remember the, the time when the Israelites were once again, shocker, complaining and grumbling about their, their plight out after their exodus from Egypt. And so they are complaining that they're hungry. So God provides manna from heaven, sort of like a, I mean, it, it was basically a frosted flake. I mean, literally, a frosted flake. And God tells them, he gives them very specific instructions. He says, remember, you are not allowed to gather more than what you're supposed to for that single day. Because if you do, then the rest of the manna, the excess that you have gathered, it's not going to be any good anymore. It's going to be maggot infested, and it's going to be really, really gross, and trust me, you're not going to want to eat it. And so God, out of his compassion for his people, feeds his people, even though they are grumbling against him. And who knows what was going on inside of some of their own minds. How many of you, of you in, in your own mind have ever cursed God? Don't raise your hand, just... We've all done it. And yet God, out of his compassion, feeds them. Gives them, literally, bread from heaven. The second account to help us understand what is happening in the feeding of the 5,000 is, of course, the Last Supper. When Christ takes the loaf, takes the bread, and says, here, take and eat, this is my body. And he takes the wine and says, here, take and drink, this is my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And in this wonderful cosmic truth, the same body and blood that he gave to his disciples on that night is the same body and blood that sits right up there on that altar. Incredible. And so God, out of his compassion, and who was there at the Last Supper? His betrayer was, right? And yet God fed him too. And so, out of his compassion, Jesus gives to his disciples. He feeds them. He provides for them both in their bodies, eating and drinking, and of course in their souls. This is for the forgiveness of your sins. And then the last account, to kind of help us again understand this reading of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus promises the resurrection of the dead. 
He promises that that is going to happen. And as we talked about in the new members class this morning, we can believe and take Jesus at his word. Why? Well, because he has the ultimate authority. If Jesus says that something is, for example, if the bread is his body, we just believe it. If he says, for example, that, that the wine is his blood, we just believe it. Why? Because Jesus has the ultimate authority. Right, Gabby? Right, 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 right. Okay. I, I was just about to quiz her, but I didn't. I wasn't, wasn't going to do that. And the great feast, the great feast that is promised in Isaiah at the end of all things. Isaiah goes into great detail about that, and it will be a feast of rich food and fine wine for all people, this wonderful feast that happens at the end of all things. So remember those three texts, manna, the Last Supper, and then the great feast that will happen at the end of all things. So now let's get into our text. The verse that we begin with is verse 13, and it begins, now when Jesus heard this, the, the this that, that it is referring to is the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. And I won't go into great detail about what happened there, but basically what happened is, is that Herod got seduced by his niece. Happened. Got seduced by his niece, promises his niece to give her anything that she wanted, even though he, he wasn't really allowed to do that. Promised to give his niece anything that she wanted. The niece goes back to her mother, some kind of a relation to Herod. The mother says, well, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And so that's what she got. And so, when Jesus hears this, he, what? He withdraws. And why does he withdraw? Probably because he is in a great amount of mourning and a great amount of, of emotional pain. His cousin has just died, one of his closest friends. His, his, his cousin has just died. And not just died, but, but died in a very awful way. And so Jesus, in mourning, withdraws from there to a boat, to a desolate place by himself. He didn't want to be around anyone. He just wants to be alone. I'm sure that we can all relate to that. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him. They just kept following Jesus. Why? Well, because they know what he can do. They know who they, they may not believe entirely who he is, but they know that he can do miraculous things, and so they follow him from the, the towns. And then he, Jesus goes ashore, and he sees the great crowd, and he what? He had compassion on them. Now, again, think about the, the context. Jesus has just heard that his cousin has died a terrible death, a gruesome death. He is in mourning. He, wants, he just wants to go and be alone, just be by himself. And yet the crowds won't leave him alone. And, and yet Jesus, in his current state, in his state of mourning, he looks out on the crowds and he has compassion on them. These crowds were people that were the outcasts. They had been harassed. They had been, they, they had been marginalized by the higher-ups of society. These people were nobodies. They were nobodies. And yet those wonderful three words, he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Now, here's where things get interesting. The disciples, it's now evening, it's getting dark. The, the, the 
disciples come to him and they, they really plead with Jesus and say, Lord, this is a, this is a desolate place. There's, there's nothing here. I don't know if you've looked around, but there's nothing here. It's not like they could go to the Dollar General and get some kind of a snack. There's nothing there. And so they are really pleading with him, please, Lord, do, do what your responsibility is and send them away before it gets dark and they can't see and it gets dangerous so that they can eat. And Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Okay, well, Jesus, here's five loaves of bread and two fish. How in the world is this going to go across all of these people? And Jesus says, well, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Do you think that he had maybe Psalm 23 in mind when Matthew wrote that? Okay, he leads me beside green pastures. Okay. Tells them to sit down on the grass, takes the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He looks up to heaven, blesses it, and then he broke the loaves. And then somehow, I would have loved to have been there when, the, when this event happened. How did that, what did that look like? When five loaves of bread and two fish became all of this food, I, I, I would love to know how and what that looked like. And he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Huh. So Jesus was right. Disciples actually did give them something to eat. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 basketfuls of the broken pieces left over, and those who, who, were, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children, well over 5,000 people. They all ate, every single one of them, even the disciples ate. Not only did every single one of the people there eat, they were satisfied. How many of you have ever had a full tummy? Should be most of you, okay? They were satisfied. They were full. What a great feeling. Hmm. Not only did they all eat, not only were they all satisfied, but what does it say? There were 12 basketfuls of food that was left over. They all ate, they were satisfied, and there was so much more. There was so much that was left over that they gathered it all up, and there were 12 basketfuls of broken pieces left over. Incredible. But the question for us here this morning is why? Why does he do that? Well, go back. Go back to verse 14. He goes ashore, he sees the crowd, and what? He had compassion. On them. The outcast, the harassed, the nobodies. And he knew that they needed him. Regardless of how he felt at that particular moment, regardless of what his emotions uh, were, regardless of how sad and in mourning that he was, he sees them and he has compassion on them and then he heals them. He takes care of their body in that way. And not only that, they, he knows that they are hungry, so he, so he takes those five loaves of bread, those two fish, and he makes it enough so that they all ate, they were satisfied, and there was so much that was left over. There were 12 basketfuls that were there. The key is those three words. He had compassion. And if you were, if you were to go back home, and if you were to look in the very next chapter, Jesus does something very similar. He, he, he feeds 
this time, maybe he was tired, I don't know. No. He feeds 4,000 people. And just really quickly, then Jesus called his disciples, that's chapter 15, verse 32, then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd. They have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling, I'm not going to do it. I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. The word compassion here, I went to the original Greek, and the word compassion here is not just, oh, when I look, um, when I look upon my my son who has gotten hurt after doing the thing that I told him not to do, but I pick him up anyway to console him. It is not uh, looking out and seeing, oh gosh, those, those, those poor folks, I really hope that, 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 that they get some help. This word compassion in the original Greek for Jesus, it said that it was, it was a deep feeling of being moved down into his bowels really, really deep, really, really moved with compassion. And so he feeds them. Out of his compassion, he provides for them in body. He provides for them in spirit. God knows that you and I need things to support this body and life. The first article says as much, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And then if you remember from your catechism class, Gabby, okay, McKenna, I saw you here, okay, Natalie, Michael's not here, but Michael, okay, the, the explanation to the first article of the Apostles' Creed, right? And he gives me everything that I need to support this body and life. Does he do it because he has to? No. Does he do it because you have earned it or because you somehow did your three good deeds for this week? No. He does it because he has compassion for you. Deep down inside, he has compassion for you as only a father could. And so he provides for us to support this body and life. And God also knows that we need to be spiritually nourished, that we need to be fed in our spirit. And so what does he give us? He gives us his word, right? He gives us his body and blood, not only for physical nourishment, but so that we can taste, that, so that we can smell, taste, see, and touch, and, and hear that our sins have been forgiven. And where there is the forgiveness of sins, there also is life and, sal and salvation. All of this he did for the people. All of this he does for you and me because he has compassion for us. And we are in, kind of in the middle of, this, of, these, of these really great accounts that we have been going through. And I can't remember if, if it was last week or the week before last week, but Jesus gave the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great price? Why does he have compassion on the crowds? Because they're the hidden treasure. Why does he have compassion on the disciples? Well, because they too are the hidden treasure. Why does he have compassion on you and me? Because we are the pearl of great price. 
because we are the hidden treasure. He provides for us physically so that we may live. He provides for you and I spiritually so that we know who he is. Just like Peter's confession of him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of God. The Gospel of John in John chapter 20 says as much. I've referenced this before. Why are all of these things written? Why are all of these accounts written about Christ? So that you would believe. So that you believe that he is the Christ, the the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Because he is the one who looked upon his people and saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And what does it say? He had compassion on them. He is the one who looked upon these crowds and refused to let them go away hungry. Why? Because they, they belong to him. He is the one who looked upon his accusers as he was hanging on the cross and they are spitting at him, spitting on him, mocking him. And he has compassion on those people too. And what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. As we said, the one who has so much compassion and love for you and for me that he thinks that you and I are his hidden treasure, which, again, the man sold everything that he had. God sold his very best, his beloved son, so that you and your life would be purchased. The one who has so much compassion for you that he refused to let you succumb to the result of sin, which is, of course, death which is why he died, which is why he has been resurrected, which is why today, this day, as we sit, he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Because he is the one who didn't let his own mourning or his own feelings get in the way of making sure that his people have been provided for. And again, why? We go back to our text Verse 14, because he had compassion on them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
At this time, we will, we will use it as a reminder for the different ways that you can continue to give your offering and, and your tithe. First of all is to drop them off into the offering baskets that are in the narthex in the back of the church here. The second way is to go to our website, that is trinity1874.com. Find the donate button in the upper right-hand corner, and you can give your offering or tithe in that way as well. You may also come to the church office and drop it off uh, during our office hours, or you may mail it in to the church office as well. Please stand. All people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time to worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, the refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that you provide for us all things for our body and life. For that, we give you thanks for having compassion on us. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, with whom all things are possible, hear our prayer for those who are dealing with illness, those who have suffered an accident, those who are struggling emotionally or spiritually. This morning we lift up to you all of those on our health list, Melba, Landra, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtin, Bob Dotson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rose Marie, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Florine, Sherry, Juan, Hunter, Marilyn, Police Officer Mike Mark Preby, Deborah Schulze, Ross Matledge, Bonnie Caroli, and Robert Kruger. These, Lord, we think of today and lift them up to you as well as those we now name in our hearts. Lord, you are our very present help in trouble. We know you can heal. Your grace can restore health and give strength to carry on. Remove the worries and anxious fears that would seek to crush us during this time of need. Comfort all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee. And even now, continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Robert and Janice Bremer, who are celebrating 47 years of marriage, as well as Robert and Marjorie, who are, will be celebrating 64 years of marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. 
be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who are celebrating birthdays this week. We lift up Helen Fritz, who is celebrating 83 years of life. Father, we thank you for Helen. We're so happy that she was born and had been part of our lives. Forever be with her and shower her with your love and that surpasses all understanding. Keep herself unhealthy as she continues to live this, her, her life as one redeemed by Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Father, today we praise you as our God and provider for all our needs. We give you thanks for sending the rain that refreshes and replenishes. Bless all those who work this land and raise the livestock which you have entrusted to their care. Protect them against all harm and accidents. Keep them healthy. Let us ever be mindful of the responsibility of stewardship of your creation. Continue to make this growing season a bountiful year for all who honor your name. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Lord, God, we come to you for healing and encouragement during these ongoing days of uncertainty and suffering. Be with us as we continue to deal with this national health illness, the unrest and destruction that plagues so many parts of this country. Protect all the health care givers who tend to the sick. Be with those who deal with unemployment and underemployment. Guard and protect the police officers and emergency personnel who serve and protect. Give us all a fuller measure of faith in the promises of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. We sing, I come, O Savior, to thy table, the last two verses, number 618. The Lord be with you. Amen. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Together, the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom be come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin and Satan and death. I believe that the Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Our distribution hymn today is number 864 in the Lutheran Service Book, Shepherd of Tender Youth.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.